Good afternoon. Recent events, tragic and positive, have re-energized the Black Lives Matter and the Black Magic movements. Many American Blacks have had to define their connection to other Blacks and their own Blackness. That is, if they feel any connection to it at all. Today, we the tangent analyze the concept of Black identity in modern times. Let's get started. Thinking about the core topic, you speak about Blackness, you know, but are you Black or are you Jamaican-American? I think from my perspective, when you talk about who we are, I think we are all of the, oftentimes all of these things shifting throughout the course of the day. I think that depending on your environment or the situation you're in, you have to be one or the other to speak the language of the other people that you are speaking with. For instance, on Friday at work, the company wants to write an article about me and they want to talk about where I'm from. And so in that context, I'm Jamaican American. But when I'm taking care of all my paperwork, I am African American or black and slash non-Hispanic, you know, how they want to categorize you. So I think even as a first-generation Jamaican immigrant who is now an American citizen, I have to be African-American sometimes, be Jamaican-American sometimes, and be Black just as often. But what am I? In my mind, I am a Jamaican-American because the distinction with me is not so much my race, because there are distinctions within my race, which not just me, but within my race, that people look as differentiators. So I think a true African person, someone from Africa that says they are African-American has a different thought about what that means than someone born in America who says they are African-American. Just like Japanese-American and Chinese-American are completely different, though you might put them both under Asian-American. So I think there are distinctions and differences looking into that segment as well as looking out from being a part of those segments. Good point. Yeah, it's a great point. You know, you mentioned how to identify. I really don't. Now, don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm not out here like Raven Simone <laughs> saying, right. you know, right. she, she doesn't see herself as Black, black. and there's this fluidity around ethnicity. No, I know who I am in the sense that, yes, I'm Jamaican and I'm Black, but I don't necessarily, for me, I don't, it's not important, I suppose, for me to lead with one or the other you know, African-American, Jamaican-American. I'm just like, I'm Black. And so I'll leave it there so we can hear from the others. For me, you know, I feel what Dr. Juan is saying, especially as the only non-Jamaican panelist here. I think how we identify has a lot to do with culture. Uh, but first off, the race identifications and, you know, are you Black American? Are you Irish American? Really, this doesn't really exist much outside of the United States. When I talk to people from other countries, you are identified by your nationality. So whatever country you're from, that's what you are. Even in countries where there are various, you know, people of different ethnic groups. And I say ethnic groups because I, I steer away from saying race. I'll fall back to race because I know that that's what, here in America, that's what most people understand. But scientifically, biologically, there's literally no such thing as different races and humans. That literally doesn't exist. Yes, we do have various ethnic groups, but there is no such thing. We're all the same race. That's biologically not the same. But that goes back to what I was saying. You know, it, I think it's distinctly an American thing because we are so obsessed with race in America, but it's how I personally identify. It depends on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to my fellow Americans, you know, I say Black, but I personally identify myself as African-American 
because to me, even though I'm not culturally African, I am, my ethnicity is African. Now, which African ethnicity I belong to, I don't know. I haven't traced my lineage, but I ethnically, I identify as African for one. I feel like saying that I'm Black erases the fact that my ancestors came from Africa. And also, again, there's no such thing as race. So I prefer to say African American, but it's like so many different cultural nuances that go with that here in the States that I find doesn't exist outside of America. Like when I'm talking to people from other countries and they ask me, I'll say African-American because a lot of people, you know, outside of the country, unless they come here, like they don't have a concept that Americans aren't white. A lot of people from other countries assume that all Americans are white, or if you are quote unquote black, you're African. They don't understand that you can be black and not be from Africa. So it, it really depends on who I'm talking to. Yeah. And I mean, since T off just brought up the message on, you know, distinguishing between African-Americans, those who are actually from Africa, I thought it would be interesting to talk about this with the panel. You know, after George Floyd's murder, let's just call it what it was, murder, you all may know of other countries, but for sure Ghana had, quote, a simple message to African-Americans, come home. And so I wonder if any of the panelists have a thought about that. Just to read you a quick section on that, quick research here on Quartz Africa online. It says, Ghana has long courted the descendants of enslaved Africans to, quote, return home as tourists or to permanently resettle. Leading African-American icons, including Martin Luther King Jr., Maya Angelou, Muhammad Ali, and Malcolm X, have either visited or lived in the country since its independence in 1957. Continues to say in closing, with large-scale protests across the United States and Europe taking place, many hope the organic groundswell of anger and racial injustice would be the tipping point in race relations. Ghana's government, meanwhile, is hoping to tap into the current mood of reflection, going back to what Ildris shared in the, in the opening segment, current mood of reflection and resistance to strengthen its pitch targeting people of African descent in the diaspora. So let me just, um, we'll definitely, for those of you listening, we'll definitely make sure we post the link to this article. I just wonder, you know, for those of us who either were born in this country or not, what are your thoughts when you see this? Well, my thought on that is someone who was, you know, born here in the States. I mean, that sounds good. And I've been hearing a lot over the last few years, especially a lot of celebrities, Black celebrities, or African-American celebrities going and getting citizenship, purchasing land in Ghana. I think that's great. But I feel like the, ca the caveat that's missing from this piece that you just brought up that I've been reading a little bit about it is that they came back and say, well, basically, they mainly want African-Americans who have money and have money to invest in Ghana to come and not just you know, your average everyday or working class black person in America, you know, once I read further, it's, 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 it's open, but it's not open to everybody. Like they, they really are trying to court the black people who actually have money and can actually afford to invest back into Ghana to come. It's not a free for all where you can just, from what I understand, it's not like they're just giving asylum. If you're a black person in America, they, they really would prefer Black people here who have money to come there. 
So just a quick thought, then I want to hear from the gentleman. That, that was great, Tioff. Just a quick thought, just to kind of give some context to what Tioff is saying. You know, you guys may or may not have known. I feel like I'm a secret squirrel with my life. <laughs> Hence the podcast. I'm telling it all. But um, a couple of years back, I actually was considering immigrating to Toronto. It's like, I'm out of here, leaving Atlanta. And um, Tioff, you may recall this. When I was working with the immigration attorney, he wanted to see my resume. He wanted to know what school, what my educational pedigree was, and as well as the companies I'd worked for and my highest earned salary. So my take on what you've just shared, Tioff, is that whether it's this country in Africa or other African countries who are, quote, welcoming African-Americans home, I have it that it wouldn't be uncommon for countries to want to know, well, who are we bringing into the country? Much like my journey with the Toronto immigration. So just a thought. But Dark One and uh, Ildris, what do you have to say? You know, uh, Ildris and or Dark One, what are your thoughts? So going back to Africa is uh, not a new concept because Marcus Garvey had that idea back in 1919 or something with the Black Star Line. So whether or not they are welcoming of us, you know, I think at the foundation of that is actually identifying as having a connection to Africa and therefore it being your true home. So it comes again back to our core point of how do you identify? I think a lot of people don't necessarily identify, a lot of Black people, for lack of better words, if we're going to pick Black as being the biggest bucket that everything falls into. Um, a lot of Black people don't identify as being African, and so they wouldn't consider that to be their home to go back to. I know African-American people who do not consider themselves to be African clearly and want to make that distinction. I think it is a very provocative concept of, especially in, in reference to what Tioff just said, especially in regards to taking your money back to Africa. You know, if we think of an entire nation of people of African descent, many of which are here in America because of slavery, if we were to take our economic resources back to Africa, I think that could be a monumental shift of economic power into a country, of course, with great natural resources and unlimited potential in terms of development, especially when you put it in comparison to the predominantly colonized countries and even the Asian countries who have developed themselves. So, yeah, I think that it is a concept that more people need to really, more Black people, quote unquote, really need to think about because we can stay here waiting to get equality after 600 years playing from behind, or we can go get with people who are more like us and try to build a, a better society as well. So I think there's a lot of substance to that. And if I recall correctly, too, I think the Black Star Line was taking people back to Ghana. So Ghana has been welcoming Black people back to Africa for about 100 years now. So let me um, just pop back over to get us um, present again to some of the other topics. Great discussion thus far. Ildris, anything else to share in, in what you heard from Darkwan? Great observations and great points. And I pretty much agree with everything y'all said, so we can just keep moving. All right. Well, let's take a look at some other topics here. Um, so obviously, we, I think the, the common theme in today's discussion is going to be how do we identify? So you know what? With no further ado, let's talk about it. Ildris, how do you identify? I identify, I would say the core would be just black, just the word black, you know. And then I'd say the next layer would be Jamaican American just because of my lineage. So either one or the other. But um, like you guys have been saying, it really kind of just depends on who you're interacting with at the time. But 
overall, I do feel, as I stated in the opening statement, you know, with recent events, I feel connected, you know, just because I'm not a Black man from Minnesota, it's not like I'm not going to feel connected to George Floyd's murder. I feel connected to that and I feel connected to all of these different movements. So that's why I consider myself Black first. And then as far as my lineage, I consider myself Jamaican American. Awesome. So, well, I think I have an idea of T-Off and Dark One's identity. They've kind of mentioned it earlier, but let's uh, go ahead and call that out again. And then we're going to get into a quick video on a um, couple of young, young people and hear how others around the land identify themselves as. So, ladies first, let's go to T-Off. T-Off, you've mentioned this earlier, and, but how do you identify in one sentence or less? Uh, I Culturally. identify as African-American. <laughs> Okay, got that. And I remember you sharing that. What about you, Dark Juan? So Tioff said African-American. Ildris said Black. I'm, I'm in the same camp, Black, even though, of course, as you guys know, I was born and raised in Kingston, Jamaica. Uh, what about you, Dark Juan? Yeah, I, I'm a Jamaican-American, but I know I'm a person of African descent. I think it's a term that is rooted in the desire to separate us from whites, to be specific. And I think it simplifies a really complex situation. So I think what we are really saying when we say we are Black is that we are people of African descent, you know? And so I think that is more respectful to who we really are and to Africa that we descend from. So yeah, I think Black takes away our cultural heritage, um, which is a fundamental part of the differences between us and those who truly have created this distinction, which are white Americans here in particular. Can I just, before we um, play the video, I wanted to circle back to something Dr. Juan said a few minutes ago about how many African-Americans or Black people in America don't identify as African or even don't want to be associated with African. And I personally, personally take issue with that. And I also find that a lot of African-Americans feel like people from Africa don't like us and think they're better than us, which I think is kind of odd because Every interaction that I've had with people from Africa has always been positive, and I feel a connection with them. I'm always able to have very deep and meaningful conversations with people from Africa that I quite frankly cannot have with, you know, my brothers and sisters here in the States. And I just want to tell you something, a really quick story. A few months ago, I had ordered some food, and the DoorDash driver was Nigerian. This was like shortly before this pandemic broke out, and when I came to the door... And he saw me, he says to me, are you Nigerian? I said, I was like, I could be, but I, I don't know. I was born here in America. I'm a descendant of African slaves. I, I don't know. And he's like, well, you look just like us. I said, well, I am you. I just, you know, we're just lost from home, but I, I, I am you. We are the same. I'm just, I was born here and our people were brought here. But I think maybe he assumed that maybe I felt that we were different, but I made a point to let him know, yeah, we, we are connected. We are brothers and sisters. And I just, I just want to share that. Oh, that's good, Tioff. And you, you actually, you got me thinking, and maybe we'll have time to demonstrate that or we'll drop the link in comments. There was a, a, a fantastic, and I think you saw it too, on social media this past week, there was this fantastic post where this young lady, she says, she prefaces it by saying, I've just been bored. So I decided to match up African-American or Black <laughs> actors and celebrities and compare them to popular African, you know, born or living still on the continent of Africa, actors and African celebrities. And it was uncanny, the resemblance. So, of course, to your point, I love the way you put it. We're just we've just lost home. Yeah. Guys, have you guys seen that? Dark Juan or Ildris? No, I have not. 
I'll, I'll see if I can drop the link for our, for our listeners. It was really just amazing. Well, speaking of amazing, we're getting through this, and I know it's it, it's it's a lot to trudge through, but um, definitely we want to we want to hear from our listeners what their thoughts are on blackness and. As this video that you're going to hear speaks to, um, this was a PBS special on Are You Black or African American? So we're going to play a quick excerpt as the hosts mention, and we'll make sure we give the host credit in the comments. Blackness is uh, complex. So let's, let's hear what these uh, amazing ladies have to say, and then they're going to do a quick interview with some folks that they um, just randomly decide to pick to ask that question. So here we go. Blackness is complex. Maybe that's why it's more popular than African-American. Hey, it's 2019. You can call yourself whatever you want to. So, Griff. No. God, easy, no. I think I need to talk to some real black people about this. Okay. So we're out here, Austin, Texas, trying to find black folks walking around. I live here. I know it's kind of tough. We're going to do it. We're going to have people answer the question of the video. I am here with... Jeremiah. Thank you, Jeremiah. And the question of the day is, when someone asks you, what's your race? Do you say black or African-American? I say black. I would like to identify as African-American, but I don't know anything about African culture. Um, I'm just ignorant on that fact. It's a completely different culture as far as um, what they go through, as far as how their upbringing is, their parents teaching them the food that they eat, stuff like that. I encounter a lot of, like, first-generation, like, African students, like, Nigerian students, things like that. And so I feel like when I say, I mean, they could also say that they're black. When I say African-American, it's like, I mean, technically they're African-American too, but it's more of, like, the didn't come to America by choice kind of thing. Right. So like, I just feel like black is more of the uniting thing because no matter like what country you're from, you're still like black. I would say either. First of all, my idea on race, I feel like I know, is a, is a little bit different than everyone else's. Um, as far as I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, and so I believe this this idea of how we try to categorize ourselves it could be a good thing and a, and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't allow it to take away from my walk with God. I would say it depends on the situation and who I'm talking to. For the most part, I'll say black if I'm talking to someone who would identify similarly. However, if I'm talking to someone who wouldn't identify that way, I'd say African-American just because I want them to call me that. So I don't want to say what they, I don't want them to call me. Okay. Still no consensus. Great. So what are you all hearing in that? Were there any of the young men or women who were interviewed that you identify with? Any of the young men or women that were interviewed that you were, you took issue with their comments? I identify with the fact that they can't come to a consensus because it confirms <laughs> in my mind what Ice Cube said, broke up the families forever and to this day, black folks can't stick together. It kind of goes to the effectiveness of colonialism in dispersing us and breaking us apart such that we have trouble even trying to figure out what our unifying factor is. Good point. Um, That's just- a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the girl with the nose ring that says she does not identify at all, she just identifies with being a Christian and walking to Jesus, is interesting. There is an NBA player on the Orlando Magic by the name of Jonathan Isaac. And what's interesting about him is while they've been playing in the NBA season in the bubble, before every game, all of the players on both teams, they have been wearing Black Lives Matters t-shirts and kneeling while the national anthem is playing. And he actually made a point to not wear the shirt and to stand during the anthem. 
when they asked him why, he gave pretty much the same answer. He only identifies with his religious, his Christianity and his walk with Jesus and his walk with God. They have an interview and in the interview, it's kind of fuzzy. So you can't hear what he's saying clearly, but he definitely makes those same points. And I find it to be a way of saying you don't identify with blackness. It's just kind of they're saying it in a very covert way. You know, that's what stood out for me. You bring up a good point, Ildris, because that one kind of rubbed me the wrong way. The whole, it almost seems like it's a protection to hide behind exactly. a religion, right? I'll say this real quick before passing the mic to tee off. This athlete that you mentioned, and I remember seeing that on social media too. I think I spent too much time on social media, y'all. <laughs> um, but I, I, the, what came to mind was what makes him as a Black man any different from non-Blacks who have been saying all lives matter. More to the point, is this athlete hiding, and I'm using that term lightly, hiding behind Christianity or his religious beliefs and saying that he doesn't necessarily believe in Black Lives Matter, he's not going to support that movement? What makes it different for him than others who say all lives matter? So, But before we unpack that, Tioff, were there any interviews that you related to or any of the interviews with those young people that you thought, yeah, they're whack? Uh (laughs) Well, you know, this is not to disrespect anybody's personal religious belief, but I did think that response was kind of whack because at the end of the day, I believe, I feel like it's what, it's a way of just kind of, I I felt that was an all lives matter response because at the end of the day, especially if you're a black person in America, they're not, if a racist white person or a racist cop has an issue with you, they're not looking at, oh, they, they might be a good Christian. Let me not bother them. Or exactly, or good, but they don't care. All they see is black. They automatically assume you're a criminal or whatever negative perception they have about you. The the racists who are the most religious, you know, they say this is a Christian nation, and a majority of our people do identify as Christian. That has not saved our asses from racism. They have it. But right. as far as one that stood out to me, the, the young man, I understand where he's coming from, where he says he doesn't identify as African American because he feels like he's culturally not African. And I had an issue with that because at the end of the day, as far as what we physically are, ethnically, we are African. Whether we culturally identify or not, we're, we're still African. That's where we come from. There, there's no way around that. And I think that's where the lack of consensus comes from outside of the mind job that's been done on us because of slavery and colonization, but also not having a cultural identity or not feeling a cultural connection to Africa. Can I please pose a question in response to that? Going off of Tioff's point, I would then ask, in continental Africa, even dating back to as far as we can remember people colonizing continental Africa, what then is the point of different tribes? If we should not, you know, have a difference in how we view ourselves as far as being African, then what is the purpose of tribes or what were the purpose Mm. of tribes? I'm snapping my fingers. That's a good one. And I'm not, I'm not dismissing that, but again, we mentioned this before, like Africa is so broad. It's not a country, it's a continent and each country has its own. And, and those tribes are, you know, spiced up. You, you can be from Africa, but then there are various ethnic groups within each country. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what makes up the different tribes as well. They have their own dialects, their own languages. Now, I'm not saying that it's necessarily wrong for people to have their subcultures and stuff, but still, we're all, we're still ethnically 
African, but as far as culture, that that goes into you know so many different other things. At the same time, that does cause friction between us as a people. If you think your tribe is better than the next tribe, you know that that that's a whole other topic. But that's a good question. That's deep. I can reflect on that. I think culture is natural. Culture develops naturally in all the disparate parts of the world. It isn't something that we can discredit as being a differentiator. It's a fundamental differentiator amongst people in general worldwide. So I think it is an essential part of how we identify. It teaches you your traditions, how you dress, how you talk, all of those sort of things. So it's fundamental in identification. You don't necessarily get to choose it. It's something you learn from your parents and the people in your community. But um, I think it is an essential and fundamental part of how we identify. I think to speak back to the video too, the people who say they are just Christians, they are clearly deflecting answering the question directly because the question has nothing <laughs> right. to do with religion. You know, exactly. so it is an attempt to invalidate what is being asked of you or to avoid answering what is being asked of you. I think again, and you all know where I'm coming from again, this is another effect of colonialism where we take away your culture from you, give you another culture and tell you that that culture supersedes your obvious and natural culture. So don't even bother to think about that. Colonialism is a part of why some people do not identify with their natural culture and cultures and ethnicity. So, But I think yeah. that type of answer comes from the fact, I personally think that Black people who give that type of response, they do so because of either they want white acceptance or they are concerned about what their white friends or partners or peers may think about them. Uh, but I think that boils down to me is white acceptance or fear of not, because a lot of our people do have that. It's like we want white people's seal of approval. We want to be accepted by them. We want to be, we want to assimilate into white culture. And so we won't verbally say, okay, this is who I am, because then it's like, oh, well, then I can't assimilate if I quote really choose a Absolutely. That's a really yeah. good point, uh, mm-hmm. Tiaf. And, mm-hmm. and you actually, I think this is a great segue as we look to rounding out today's discussion. Let's talk then about is our identity, how we identify, considered weaponizing our identity? So let me, let me tease that out a little bit more. Tiaf makes a good point that perhaps the athlete that Ildris brought up, what was his name again, Ildris? His name is Jonathan Isaac, and he plays for the Orlando Magic. Got it. So Mr. Isaacs, right? He, it could be, as Tioff said, that he's considering those opportunities in the future when it comes to, you know, moving on to another team and how does his higher up see him, if you will, which we know more than likely is not, it's not a team that is managed 100% by African-Americans. Maybe he's considering that part of it. Back to my question, is our identity in a sense to some used as a weapon because it may make others uncomfortable? So if I walk into a predominantly white environment with Black Lives Matter, my hair in its beautiful fro glory with the fist pick sticking out, is my identity now considered a weapon that is a threat? Or is it something that is just how I identify? And and I guess the flip side of that would be, am I less Black? (laughs) Am I less Black if if I go into that same environment Right. And I'm wearing, I don't know, my hair relaxed by a chemical 
and a shirt that says, you know, Christian lives matter <laughs> or just all lives matter. And I, I seem, quote, unassuming. And, you know, that's just something that I've, I've been thinking about. And I appreciate T-Off's last comments because it made me think more about that. So what do you all think about that? It, is our identity considered something that is a weapon to some or is it just a showing pride? I don't know what your thoughts are. Let's hear them. Well, of course our identity is seen as a weapon, which is why police kill Black people on the streets with impunity in the first place. Not being Black is the dominant culture in America. So we are a subculture of America. The dominant culture in America is Christian white American. So we are in a secondary status in the first place, just those of us here. So we are enculturating, let's say, to the dominant culture. That's just the nature of one culture being dominant over all others. So yeah, we are always in that place of being, which is why there are so many ways to identify and which is why you have to have this kind of metamorphing identification depending on what environment you're in to function here in America. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I just want to get this off my chest. There's something I want to talk about specifically when we talk about sub-identity, if you will. So this is, okay, I'm about to tee off, (laughs) except I'm Lunama. (laughs) Here's my tee off. I absolutely loathe when someone says to me, oh, you're Jamaican? I don't see you, you know, and fill in the blank. I don't see you making curry chicken for dinner. I don't see you blasting reggae from your car stereo. What I'm getting at is they hear I'm Jamaican. I don't speak Patwa or I don't have a, a thick and beautiful accent like my beautiful mom and dad. And all of a sudden they want to tell me I'm less Jamaican or that's what it, that's how it occurs to me. Right. And so similarly, when African-Americans like Mr. Isaac, do we make people wrong, in other words, when their identity isn't plastered all over their bodies or in their music preference? And by the way, I do like reggae, let's, let's be clear. <laughs> or the, the way they speak or the way they show up in the world. So do we persecute those of us who are African-American, African, Jamaican-American, Jamaican, for not, quote, showing up in the, I don't even want to say stereotypical, but the expected way in which we should identify. I have been persecuted a lot, especially in my youth growing up, because as a Black person, especially one here in America, my interests do lean toward things that the average Black person is not into. And I've always been teased and bullied. Like, for example, I listen to rock music. I listen to Japanese rock a lot. I like punk. I like salsa. I know you don't like salsa Luna Ma, but I love salsa music. I barely dance, stand it. So I listen to Middle Eastern music. So because of my interest, I like tennis. Even one of my white friends said they were revoking my black card because I love tennis as if Serena and Venus don't exist. Another black tennis player, <laughs> you know, so I've been as a black person. It's like we're not allowed to not be a monolith. It's like I can like other things and still love my blackness and but well it's, said. so it's even for you know people who aren't black or even like for white americans it's like they put us in a box and even when i speak to white people and they know that i speak a little spanish and i speak a little french and i'm very knowledgeable about a lot of topics and cultures and things like that they act shocked and i actually had someone say to me that black people are typically stupid and don't know <laughs> the things that i know 
So let's talk about that, Tiaf, yeah. because um, I'd like to hear from the gentleman. I mean, have either of you, like Tiaf, shared in, in, you know, shout out mm-hmm. to friendships, right? Tiaf and I are great friends. And of course, over the course of time that I've gotten to know this beautiful woman, one of the things that I love about her is that she is so diverse. You know, she is someone who doesn't have the same interests that I have. And so we learn from each other in that way. What about you, gentlemen? I mean, I know you guys, if you know, if you don't mind me sharing, <laughs> I think you both have dated outside of your race. So have you, by these former partners who are non-African-American, non-African or non-Jamaican-American, have any of them questioned why you were dating them? Or not necessarily questioned, but was there an intrigue in, hey, have you ever done this before, dated outside your race? Or has anyone, romantic or not, approached you and said, you're not the typical fill in the blank. Black, you know, Jamaican-American, African-American. Gentlemen? Well, you know, I, I definitely think that we have some colorism from outside our Black diaspora. There are different perceptions, whereas some people of other ethnicities, let's say, or races, would perceive lighter-skinned Black people to be a little different than darker-skinned Black people. So I have experienced that. I think a part of being Black is... You have to have a connection to your culture to have a a sense of pride about who you are. You know, I think stealing that connection or blocking that connection or filtering it is a part of the challenge that Black Americans have with identification. When I think of Jamaica, we have a great sense of pride about the many things that are part of the culture of our island. I think continental Africans often have a stronger connection to where they're coming from. When you break that connection and infuse something else, it changes the way people feel about themselves. So, but yeah, I think it's about how you are identified as well as how you identify, which shapes your self-perception. Okay. Yeah, I'm still still processing a lot of what you shared because, yeah, there's a lot there for me, but I want to hear from Ildris. What are your thoughts hearing Darquan? Yeah, yeah, that last sentence was a a very good point. I think it all goes back to just how you identify and how you present yourself in the world. Just a few quick points. As far as what you said about Jonathan Isaac, the NBA player, I think it's a difference between ostracizing him because he doesn't identify with what would be expected of a Black man to identify with and him going out of his way to not identify himself with wanting justice for Black people as a whole, I think there's a difference there. As far as interracial dating, I've said it to you before, Luna, and I'll say on the podcast, the one... (laughs) If you're about to go off, you might want to be... (laughs) We got (laughs) listeners. (laughs) You know, it never sounds good when somebody said, I said it to you before (laughs) in the corporate languages as as per my last email. But yeah, let's hear it, Ildris. (laughs) It's a bold statement, but the one and only experience I have ever had with dating a white woman um, let me know that I would probably never do that again. Um, Dang. Yeah. (laughs) She's a nice woman. (laughs) That's crazy. Wow. I wow. think it's a little bit too much to unpack right now, but I'll, I'll just leave that there. I, <laughs> I identify, as far as romance goes, definitely with Black women. And, um, you know, just lastly, I would just say, um, as far as is our identity seen as a weapon, I believe definitely, and I believe, you know, that can be a good thing 
us being Jamaican, like Peter touched that, I'm, I'm a stepping razor. And I think we have been for too long abused and made victims. And I feel like, yeah, it's about time for us to not physically go out and be violent, but just to allow our identity to be a source of strength and a source of protection. And if need be, a weapon in this world and in this society. Well said, Ildris. I want to say a quick thing about race as it comes to dating, and we're going to end our segment here with rapid fire from the panelists. And first of all, shout out to Peter Tosh. I mean, come on. I love the fact you made that reference, young man, my youth. I'm like a stepping <laughs> razor. Don't you watch my size? I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous. dangerous. All right. Let me um, get back into um, the chair here. I'm standing up and doing my doing my Jamaican dancing. But, you know, let's talk about identity when it comes to, we, we don't have time to unpack Ildris's um, very uh, mysterious story about that young woman that he dated. But um, <laughs> what I will say is I've dated a Caucasian man who identified, in my view, with Blackness more than he did his, quote, culture. He's an Irish man. And I thought, I didn't care for it. I kind of felt like, I'm not going to say it was like a cultural appropriation, but I felt like, who are you really? Because I don't even feel I'm Black enough with you, you know? And so this is the last question and we'll do a rapid fire uh, wrap up. If, as Tioff mentioned earlier, that this is just a societal construct race, why then are so many of us, like my own experience with that gentleman who I dated, I won't shout you out, but you know who you are. <laughs> You're listening. Why then do so many of us take issue with non-African-Americans who, quote, identify as African-American, as was the case of my Irish partner? And then, of course, in modern times, Rachel Dolezal, right? Why do we take issue with that? Because you can't choose to not be Black. <laughs> you know, like we can't exactly. choose to not be black. <laughs> you know, we are black. Yeah. There's, it's not something we can choose. Similarly with religion, you can't choose to not be black. You are it. And like it, with the whole blue lives matter nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And it, that state of being puts us in numerous different negative situations. So uh, of course, being black is a beautiful thing, but it, here in this culture, we suffer greatly because of that. So if you are of the privileged or a privileged um, race, and you choose to adopt our culture or appropriate our culture, you still are afforded the core privileges of your race. So it's like having your cake and eating it too. You want our cool stuff, but you can always go back home and be white or whatever other race you are that does not suffer in the way that we do. You know what? To your point, Dark One, I love, I love that you said that. You want, you want our cool stuff. I've, I've read once, it was written... They want our soul, but not our blues, right? You can't pick and choose. Or, or the way so, I've always put it is, they love Blackness, but not Black people. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Bring everything that we've discussed today. We had that excerpt, the video on how young people around, well, I, sh I can't say around the world. I think it was just in Texas, how they identify. We talked about how we identify. We touched a little bit on colorism. We talked about, as Tioff mentioned, it being race being a construct. And all that we talked about today, what are your two-minute uh, wrap-up, takeaway points that you want to leave our listeners with? Well, I think we as melanated people, I guess that's another one we can use. We are different, as I stated earlier with the question, tribes that 
are kind of subcultures of who we are and who the people we connect with most closely are. But I feel that we as Black people, we as descendants of Africa, all have cultures and experience that connect us and create this concept called Pan-Africanism that I absolutely believe in and I absolutely love. Awesome. Thank you for that, Ildris. We're going to uh, we're going to let the ladies wrap it up at the end here. So we come now to Dark One. Your two minutes begin now. Um, I think we've used the word unpack quite a few times here. And I think that a lot of people who have a challenge with their identification more than likely have a lot to unpack and have not taken the time to do so. You know, I think if you really do your research and seek to unpack your identity and look at what really constructs it, we will get back to a point of Pan-Africanism. So I definitely agree wholeheartedly with Ildris um, in that we are one people. We are just scattered all over the world. Yeah, let's seek to strengthen those bonds and reclaim our true identity. Thank you for that. All right. Awesome. Coming now to tee off. Let's hear from you. What would you like our listeners to be left with? Your two minutes begin now. Um, I just want to quickly wrap up with an issue within this topic that we haven't touched on, which is Kamala Harris and the ignorance I feel of a lot of African-Americans that don't understand the broadness of Black identity or the diaspora because too many of us think of slavery, they, they don't think outside of the United States and don't understand that the slave ships went to the Caribbean and South America first. And a lot of Black people say that Kamala Harris isn't really Black and, you know, her mother's from India, but a lot of African-American people don't even understand that in Jamaica. Now, mind you, I've never been to Jamaica, but I know enough to know that there are Indian people and Chinese people in Jamaica. And right, a lot of African-Americans right. don't know that and don't understand that it's normal for a Black Jamaican to marry someone of Indian descent and that these people exist in Jamaica. And that's another part of as far as how we identify that I think a lot of African-Americans that don't understand is that outside of America, who we are, what we are, and who exists, you know, with Black people in Africa, because there are Indian people in Africa, you know, we don't think outside of the United States. And I think that's where a lot of the ignorance comes into. That's great. I think for me, I have really decided, and I've taken a very active approach to this, to ensure that I'm really patronizing Black businesses and mm. indulging in Black art. And more to the point, one of our, was supposed to be a guest today, shout out to Brother Ja. Mm -hmm. He brought up a really interesting point about when he was practicing Islam, he was very much moved by the idea that this particular practice in terms of this masjid that he was working in, they would make deposits at a black bank. And so he said, you know, fast forward 2020, as you mentioned, Ildris, when we talk about Black Lives Matter, he said, you know, it just got me thinking, Lunama, maybe I need to go back to that. And I said, go back to what? He says, you know, putting my money in a black bank. And so he deposited a substantial amount <laughs> of his savings that was in a, quote, traditional bank, one of the bigger banks, into a Black bank. And it really had me thinking, you know, that's, that's impressive. So how I decided to take action for my life in terms of putting money back in the community, for so many years, I had been going to see PCPs that didn't look like me, right? Pr primary care physicians who didn't look like me. 
which is fine. And it's not to say that they weren't providing great care, but I decided I work for a school that is predominantly African-American. I'm going to take my healthcare <laughs> needs to that network. And it's been really great. I've gotten a, I now have an African-American PCP and mm-hmm. I now have an African-American therapist. As a healthcare worker, I would recommend all Blacks have Black providers. So that's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and right. And, it's, and I'd love to hear you talk more about that, Ildris. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing I did in terms of putting my money back in the community. And then you heard me talk about indulging in Black art. Never before had I even considered (laughs) downloading an app geared towards African-American movies. And that app is UMC, the Urban Movie Channel. So you guys all know I ditched cable like many of us years ago. I stream everything. So I've got Hulu, I've got Netflix, I've got even an app called Acorn. But I never thought about downloading an app that, much like BET, features Black film 24-7, on demand. I kid you not, <laughs> for the last two months, I have probably gone through the entire catalog on UMC. And it's just been a great feeling to enjoy Black cinema. And, you know, even prior to Black Lives Movement, the, the um, prominence of it this year, I have always been excited annually here in, in Atlanta. I've been excited about the Black cinema movement. And so I've always been into it, but I just never thought about being intentional around streaming it in my home. And it's been phenomenal. So I've personally, when you talk about revisiting who, who we are as it relates to this, this Black Lives movement, it's not so much for me re-examining who I am or how I identify as Black, but more, more so perhaps reaffirming my Blackness. So now I'm seeing, you know, Black health care providers and I'm also streaming Black content. And that's not to say every now and then I may not watch a program that is predominantly non-African-American, but it is to say over the last, I would say, 90 days, I've been definitely Black on Black on Black. So I guess in my wrap-up, there isn't a (laughs) wrap-up. But what I will say in closing is that I'm proud to be Black. I'm proud of my Jamaican heritage. And I will continue as Dark One invites us all to do, I'll continue to deepen my understanding of my Blackness and my Jamaican heritage so that I can, A, educate others, educate myself, and uh, continue celebrating all of this rich Blackness. Thank you for listening today. We will definitely drop links to the footage that you um, heard, as well as some other articles that we referenced. And drop us a note and let us know your thoughts. How do you identify? Today's podcast has been fantastic. We thank all of our panelists and we look forward to joining you all again soon.